Welcome to the Gold Missions Inc. podcast. The following is episode 6 of a six-part series on the history of the church by Terry Miller. This episode is called The Present Church. There is a valley that we must all go through. And even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I am with you. And he is with us always, even unto the end of the world. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you like an orphan in the storms of life. But I will come to you. What a precious and blessed assurance that we have along the way in this precious journey. God has brought us as a people. And when I say a people, I mean our people. Going back through all of the ages until now, God has brought our people a mighty long way. Some through the fire, some through the water, but all through the blood, as the hymn writer declares. We thank God that He has graced this house with His presence and that He has stirred up within us A fresh revelation, perhaps, vision, revelation of His glory. And that we are part of the eternal purpose of God. We are not, as Brother Witter said, sometimes we feel this way years ago. He said we feel sometimes like we're just a a little chip out there in a mighty ocean floating this way and floating that way. But we're not. We are an intricate part of a very detailed plan. And that is why we say many times, God has everything under control. Trust in Him. The best is not behind you. Thank God for all that has gone before. But the best is ahead of us all. We've been admonished by the Word of the Lord in this sessions, to make our own calling and our election sure. And how Peter made it so clear when he said that if you do this, if you do these things, he said, you will never fall. And a way will be ministered or opened up unto you, ministered unto you, into the everlasting kingdom. We've seen that the gospel that needs be proclaimed in this hour is the gospel of the kingdom. The world needs the gospel of the kingdom, but the people of God who are divided into all of the divisions and denominations and non-denominational denominations that are in the earth, the people of God need to hear that clarion call the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. The time of just sitting on their salvation, waiting for the skies to split asunder and Christ to come and secretly whisk all of His people away, uh, that message just won't cut it 
in the hour that is coming now upon the face of the earth. Yes, the Lord is coming. Behold, He cometh. I want you to know tonight that God is already in His holy temple. Hallelujah. And let all of the earth keep silent. All of that which is earthy. All of that which is carnal. Be silent. Be still. And know that He is God. The appearing of Christ is not only a future event someday. The appearing of Christ is at the ha- is at hand. He is appearing today in His people. He's appearing today in you and in me. Oh yes, there will be a day when He will come again. In like manner as He went away exactly according to the Scripture. Not according to the theology or ideology of men. Yes, He will come again. In like manner as He went away. But it won't be according to the ideas that are concocted by the theologians. It will be exactly according to the thus saith the Lord. We shall with joy welcome His returning. But there's a returning that we do not want to miss while we await His returning, if that makes any sense. And that is the appearing of Christ in His house. Which house you are. Hallelujah. As Brother Wager said, and we've quoted it already in these meetings in the past, he said, I long to see Christ in you. And in you, and in you, and in you. In that beautiful, beautiful, many-membered body. One of the ministries expressed himself this evening when we were in the back room, Brother Hannigan. And, and he mentioned that he has felt, you know, in recent times, the closeness and the, the truth of being a part of the whole body of Christ all over the world. But in these meetings, God has enlarged our tents and made known to us that we are not only a part of the whole body of Christ that is now in the earth, but we are a part of the body of Christ that spans the course of human history. And there's more of this body in on the other side of the river than there is on this side of the river. And we established, God established the great truth again in our midst that we are encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. And as Brother Holt used to say, they are cheering us on. Sometimes methinks I hear the cheers. Maybe not with these ears, but with the ears of the Spirit. It's like a mighty race that we must run. Each of them have run their portion of that race and have completed their portion. But there is a race that you must run. There is a race that I must run. Hallelujah. Which is present truth. Be established, Peter said, in the present truth. In the present revelation. In the present uh, reality of what the, what God is saying, the thus saith the Lord, that has been revealed to the church 
the first fruit company in this day and in this hour. Praise the name of the Lord. I'd like to turn to the book of Ephesians. Brother Aldridge used to tell us, uh, he quoted one of the other saints, Andrew Murray, who had gone on, and he used to emphasize to us that the book of Ephesians is really the Alps of the New Testament. Now, if you've ever been in Switzerland or uh, that part of Europe, you will know that the, the Alps are, are outstanding, it's an outstanding mountain range. They are the high peaks uh, in the earth. Uh, and in the Word of God, the book of Ephesians is like the Alps of the Word of God. It is a message particularly for the people of God. In the fourth chapter of Ephesians, Paul is writing by the Holy Ghost. I'll go down to verse number three in the interest of time tonight. Endeavor or endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us, does that include you? Does that include me? Unto every one of us, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Christ, when He ascended up on high, divided His ministry amongst the members of the individual, the manifold members of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And to each one has been a measure given. A measure or a portion given. And out of that gifting of God, your ministry flows. Your ministry is formed. Each one is a unique and quite individualized member of the body of Christ. Each one is special. Each one has a peculiar ministry to fulfill in this time that has been allotted to us upon the earth. We do not stand alone. We stand together. He said the body is one, even as the Lord is one. The church is one. The faith is one. As God is one. But to every one of you has been measured out the gifting of God the ministration of the Spirit, so that you can fulfill and must fulfill your unique niche in the overall big picture and plan of God for the ages. Paul, when writing to the Corinthians, said that it's like your, just like your natural body. It's analogous. He says it, that body is made up of, of many members, and yet, it is one body. And he said, the eye cannot say to the ear, for example, I have no need of you. 
And uh, he said, what would this body be if it were all one eye? And I and look at my body tonight, and nothing to look at, but if you look at my body tonight, and all that stood before you is one great big ear, you say, that's a strange creature. Or if I was one big eye, or you look here, all I was was one big hand. No, I am a, a many membered body, but I am one body. And so he said also, I love the way Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. He said, so also is Christ. Now we pen in there, we may make a little notation, so also is the body of Christ. But that isn't what he said. He said, so also is Christ. And the truth and revelation has come in this hour that Christ is a many-membered body. And Jesus is the head of that body. And together, the head and the body are God's, uh, hallelujah, revelation of Himself uh, to the world. Sons of God arise in the power of the Spirit because victory is at hand. The whole creation shall be delivered, Paul said to the Romans, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. He says that the whole creation stands together, Phillips, on tiptoe until now, waiting, longing for the sons of God to come into their own, to come to fullness, to come to maturity. What is sonship? It's the manifestation of the Son of God. His life flowing, hallelujah, in and through the body of Christ. An overcoming people. Some people accuse us. I've, I've been accused of it, not personally so much as us as a group. Some people today accuse us of having watered down the message of sonship. And when I ask them, what do you mean? They will, as if they know what the message of sonship is. But they would have us believe we watered it down. And I ask them, what do you mean? And they will say things like this. Well, you people are now teaching that all that sonship is, is living a good, clean, Christian, moral life uh, and making some good choices. That is what sonship is. If we are in that place today, we will miss it. That is important. Don't misunderstand me. And foundational. But sonship is more than living a good, clean, moral, Christian life, important as that is, and making some good choices, important as that is. The sonship company is a band of deliverers, a first fruit company from all of the ages until now that have been called out of the religious system and order of the day in which they lived and called out, chosen of God, hallelujah, to enter into the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit 
and to arise together as a victorious people, as the very presence of God housed in the earth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know a lot of Christians who live a good, clean, moral life. I know a lot of Christians, and all of them should, and all of us should. They make good choices. But that is not enough. You must have, for sonship, you must have the revelation, the vision of the overcoming people arising, hallelujah, in His power and His might to such a degree as this world has never seen heretofore. Praise His wonderful and glorious name. So when we talk of sonship, it's, we're not just saying be a good boy. Or be a good girl. That's understood when you come to Jesus. It's much more than that. The vision is much greater than that. But it requires the coming together of a people. Hallelujah. Coming together by the Holy Spirit. In a mighty move of God. Such as which, in which we are privileged to be participants in this hour. Will you make it? Will I make it? I remember Brother Livingston saying several years ago after talking about this very thing, he said they say, well, are you going to make it? And he says, I don't know if I will make it. And I thought to myself, how can you say I don't know? I was so green and young and immature. But he spoke the truth, he said, when those faithful ones, those overcoming ones arise. These are they who will overcome all things. I want to make it, he said. I want to be there. Hallelujah. My eyes have beheld the glory. So the same as you and I. Not only is he dealing with the called, but the chosen and as a faithful, the overcoming company. So if we want to rest where we are now, we can do that. But if we rest where we are now, with all due respect to all that we have experienced in God, if we settle down to where we are now, we're going to miss it. Because revelation is unfolding. He is ever making increase of Himself. We say we're a part of a great move of the Spirit. We are. But I want you to know tonight that the greatest revelation of His glory that the world has ever seen is not past. It is to come. So let us press in. Hallelujah. This becomes a problem when people get at ease in Zion. It becomes a spiritual problem when people feel they have arrived. It becomes a problem that is very destructive, even in the midst of those who name the name of the Lord. Because His people cannot settle down. His people must be like David of old, who said, I will not be satisfied until I stand in His likeness and in His image. Is that the truth? Amen.
last night or night before, I told you about Sister Hoop and Diddle. And before I went to bed, I realized I didn't tell you anything about Sister Hoop and Diddle other than her name. Years ago, there was a lady in the circle of churches that I know of by the name of Sister Hoop and Diddle. Every group seems to have one. Maybe yours has a different name, but ours was Sister Hoop and Diddle. And Sister Hoopendiddle used to get up in church with a testimony, and we should have a testimony. But she got up in the, every Sunday this very same testimony. And she would get up and she'd say, I praise and thank the Lord. Everybody say, Amen. Praise and thank the Lord. She says that I'm saved. Amen. I'm sanctified. Mm. <laughs> scratch our head because we knew how she was living. And I'm satisfied, she said. One night she got up, she said it so many times, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, and I'm satisfied. And an elderly brother got up and he said, Sit down. Hey, sit down. He said, I'll tell you why I say that. He said, I've heard this thing week after week after week after week. I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm satisfied. He said, I want you to know tonight I am saved, I am being sanctified, and I am not satisfied. And everybody went, <gasps> He said, as David of old declared, I will not be satisfied until I awake or stand in His likeness. Hallelujah. So don't be a sister hoopendiddle. Amen. But be among those uh, who recognize uh, God is taking a people on. In these meetings, we've talked about church history and how God has raised up so many moves of the Spirit some we've probably never even heard of throughout history, to raise his people from one rung on the ladder to another rung on the ladder. I was talking about this down in the church in St. Louis the other day, ministering about the rungs on the ladder. And one of the young girls after the meeting came up to me. That would be, um, uh, what's, uh, what's her name? Steve's. Lisa, is that her name? Uh, I didn't know her name. I don't know her well. But she seems to be someone who has been touched by that holy anointing. Very young girl, but anointed of the Holy Ghost. She came up to me afterwards and she said, Brother Miller, you know the thing that came so real to me. I'm not used to 15, what is she, 15? About that, 13, well, younger than that. I'm not used to 13-year-olds coming up to me and, and discussing the message and saying, you know what I got out of this? And boy, she was fired up about it. And I was just delighted to hear it. And she said to me, Brother Miller, when you talked, she said, I could see the rungs on that ladder. And as you go up the rungs of that ladder, she says, the higher you go, the better you can see. Hallelujah. Simple as that. The more you can see the better you can see because you're coming into a high place. Hallelujah in God. This is, this is God's ladder. 
This is God. We are climbing. Oh, glory. We are climbing Jacob's ladder. Hallelujah. We are ascending and then we are descending and ascending and descending because we ascend in order to be strengthened for the journey and then we descend to walk it out and to minister it. Hallelujah. To all that sits in darkness. Oh, if nothing else in these meetings, may we catch a greater glimpse of His ever unfolding and ever unfading glory. And that our life is really just all wrapped up in Him. And outside of Him, what do we got? Got nothing. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Hallelujah. Oh, I know that as we walk through that valley, I love that about that well. Leave that well behind for those who are coming after. That's the ancient landmark, Sister Smith. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that with us tonight. Hallelujah. And that water of life continues to flow. Many of those old saints have gone on to glory, but that water is still flowing. It cleanses really. <laughs> it cleanses freely, praise God. A man has got to know that there's a purpose in his life. There's meaning in his life. And that meaning is the one who is our life. I delight to do thy will. May that spring forth from our inner beings. I delight to do thy will, O Lord. Faithfulness is required. Just to know what you know isn't enough. To know what you know will empower you by the Holy Ghost uh, to face the things that lie before you. But you need to walk. We need to walk together, children, hand in hand in the power of the Spirit. And when a people are united, one church, one body, one faith, all speaking the same thing, built up, built up together on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, not just dead apostles and dead prophets, thank God for them, but on living apostles and living prophets in the earth today, and Jesus Christ Himself, the chief cornerstone. There's a powerhouse. Hallelujah. Yeah, we need a little of the fire. I'm talking about the cleansing fire. I'm talking about this, this anointing of God that cleans us up. This anointing of God that straightens us up. This anointing of God that empowers us. Uh, some Ingrid, she said, I know you're going to tell her. And I said, no, I'm not. She said, I know you. She said, I'm surprised you haven't told it yet. I had a little experience since I'm here. And I was in uh, 7-Eleven yesterday. And the proprietor is a Chinese gentleman. And a Chinese extraction gentleman spoke English with that kind of an accent. And I went in and I bought a little phone card I wanted to put into my uh, phone. And, 
Uh, I bought the phone card, and I paid the girl, and uh, she uh, rung it up and all the rest of it, and then she gave me the receipt. But she didn't give me the number. You're supposed to get a number, you know, that you punch in, and she forgot to give that to me. And I went out to the car, and I was going to punch it in to my phone, and I realized well, I didn't have the number. So I went right back in. By then, the girl had moved away, the cashier, and, and the Chinese gentleman who, who run the, uh, managed the establishment was there, and he said, uh, can I help you? He said, is something wrong, sir? And I said, well, I bought this phone card, and I didn't get my number. Who sell it to you? Look around, and I said, oh, boy. <laughs> the girl over here, she sold it to me. <laughs> he, 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 he turned, and he looked at her. Oh, you want get fire? He says. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. He says, you No, you want fire? He said, oh, you want fire? <laughs> he meant, do you want to be fired? You want fire? And she said, no, no, she didn't want fire. And I thought to myself, we used to have this little chorus. Send the fire, Lord. Send the fire, you know. But I was thinking of a different fire. He was thinking of ending her, terminating her employment. I said, oh, no, that was just a little mistake. And she, they handed me the paper. And it was, but I can't get it out of my head. You want fire? And I keep saying it to myself. Oh, it sounds like something I would say. Oh, you want fire? And I thought to myself in my spirit, you know, stupid things, you know, speak to people even. And I thought to myself in my spirit, yes, I want fire. I want fire. Oh, I want fire. But the fire I'm thinking of is altogether different. I hope nobody takes offense at that. That's, I'm just repeating what was said. Uh, I want the fire. I want that Holy Ghost fire to fall from heaven <laughs> upon each and every one of us that have been together in divine presence during these last few days. Uh, one time in the islands I was preaching about the fire. You might say, was that a hellfire and brimstone sermon? Not really, because the fire I was speaking of was the, the fire that cometh down from above. I was speaking of that God, who is, according to the Scriptures, a consuming fire. And I said, when you get the fire of God in your life, it's not always a pleasant experience, because that consuming fire of God is sent your way to burn out the dross. It's that same fire that came down from heaven on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't just so that we could write in the Scriptures and tongues of fire sat upon each of them. It was so that we would understand that God is a consuming fire and all of that uh, that stands in our way will be consumed uh, by the anointing fire and power of the living God as we are endued uh, from on high. You know, one old West Indian lady sitting out there in Elder Henry's church, as soon as I said about, we need the fire, she stood up as if I, she just stood up. She said, 
send the fire. And pretty soon everybody, including myself, we were all shouting, send the fire, send the fire. It's a wonder we didn't hear the fire trucks coming down the street. Crazy people all hollering they want fire. Oh, you want fire? <laughs> Bring it on. You understand by the spirit what I mean, right? I'm not being stupid here. I hope I'm not. Bring it on. Send the fire. Send the fire. When Brother Jack Cole, uh, who was a part of the great healing revival at the time of this outpouring, Brother Jack Cole from Texas used to be very dynamic in his presentation. And uh, a lot of healings took place in our in our brother's ministry. And he told one time, I heard this, of how he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. You know, that's the problem today. A lot of people, even Christians, don't really know, don't really know that there is a Holy Ghost. That they can be endued with power from on high. That they can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, you want fire. Yes, sir. To be baptized in the Holy Ghost. To be baptized in fire. He said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. And he said, I went to this little old tent meeting. And he said, that's in the time when people were very poor. He said, he said they were taking the offering. He said they took it up in 10 cent pledges. People pledged 10 cents. And this one, 10 cents. He said there was one old girl up there when it looked like the fire was starting to fall. She was dancing all over the place in her old fur coat. He said, but you know, we were poor in those days. He said that old fur coat, though, had lost all of its fur, and all she had left was the hide. And she's dancing around there in the hide and shouting with all that was in her, we're rich! We're rich! He said to himself, you're crazy! You're running around with a hide, shouting you're rich, taking up off." Ledges. It was quite a, quite a testimony. But he said, but then they opened the altar. Oh, hallelujah. And they said, come and receive the Holy Ghost. And he said, I strangely, I got up and I went to the altar to receive the Holy Ghost. This is what intrigued me. He said, there's one of those old women, two old women were praying for me, he said. One of them was praying, Lord, Empty him. And the other one was praying, Lord, fill him. He says, I looked at them two old girls and I said, now which one is it? Empty him or fill him? And he said, one of them said, both of them. Both of them. Both of them. It was kind of comical. What an experience. Yes, he said later, they wanted God to empty me of the world. And to fill me with himself. Um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they laid hands on him together again. And one of them was shouting to the top of their lungs. Send the rain, Lord. Send the rain. And the other old girl, he said she was shouting, send the fire. Send the fire. He said, I looked up at those two old girls. He wasn't familiar with Holy roller people, as he called them. 
He said, I looked up at them. One of you shout and send the rain. One of them says, shout and send the fire. Which one do you want? And the same old girl said, both of them, both of them, both of them. He said, and then, and then, then he says, that light comes. (laughs) That same light that we've been talking about in these meetings. He said, and then that light comes. That's just how he said it. And then that light comes. And then that light comes. And that light just kept coming. He said, it was so bright. And he said, I stepped right out of myself and I stepped into it. And he said, I never experienced the presence of God like I did that night. And he said, but I had already told God. I said, God, I want the Holy Ghost, but I don't want them tongues. And he said, and I stepped into that light. I forgot that I didn't want them tongues. And he said, pretty soon, this is how he said it. He said, pretty soon, my tongue went hubbity-dub, rubbity-dub. He said, I don't know what happened. He said, and I began to speak in a language that I have never heard before. He said, I was drunk. That was his word. Drunk in the Holy Ghost. And he said, after three hours of that meeting, some of you know something about three-hour meetings. <laughs> Present company excuse. Uh, after three hours of that meeting, they shut it down. And he said, I couldn't walk out of that meeting. And I had to be helped. And Brother Smith has that in his, when he gives his testimony, how he received the Holy Spirit. I always think of Jack Coe. And he said, I couldn't walk. And one was taking me here, one was taking me here. Because I was so drunk on the new wine, the way he described it, of the Holy Spirit uh, as I was endued with power and my whole life has changed. He said they had to take me home. And he said for the next, I I forget how many days, two, three days, he said I tried to stop speaking in them tongues, he said. And I couldn't stop. And he said they took me into my house. And his parents were unbelievers at that time. Or his dad was an unbeliever at that time. And he said, and they, they, they put me to bed. They just put me to bed. He said, I'd come in that house many nights like that, staggering. He said, and I was drunk with the, the wine and whiskey and beer night after night. He said, that night I staggered in there, drunk under the wine of the Holy Spirit from heaven he said, and they put me to bed and they covered me up. And Dad came into the room and he said, I, he said, he heard him say to his mother, Mom, he's drunk again. Dad came into the room to check on me, he said, and, and one hand raised up like this and then the other hand raised up like that. And I was praising the Lord in the bed. And he said, Dad would take the one hand, push it down, and then... Uh, and try to push down the other one, and then this one would come up, and this one down, and this one up, and this one down. And it's quite a powerful testimony of a simple man, hallelujah, who stepped into that light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Transformed him forever. Said, I got up, they had breakfast, mom had made breakfast, and uh, they were getting ready to eat. And, he said, I was sitting there at the table with them. And he said, uh, 
Well, aren't we going to say something first? Dad said, what do you want to say? And he said, I don't know. I just, I, I stepped into that light, he said. And I feel like I should say something over this food. And that's how the story unfolded. And he said, the next night at that old gospel tent meeting, he said, as I was there praying in the Holy Spirit, he said, I turned around and I looked at the back and therein walked my old gray-haired mother who had lived all of her life in sin and debauchery, all of her life. And there I saw my gray-haired mother. And he said, as they opened the altar of God, my gray-haired mother came down to that altar and she said to the preacher, she said, I don't know what Jack's got. I don't know what Jack's got. But preacher, I want what Jack's got. I can't live without what Jack's got. Does that say something to you? His experience was kind of dramatic, I know. But it says a lot to me about the presence and power of the living Christ flowing out from one who has stepped into that light. Hallelujah. Into the great love of God. And he said, there my old gray-haired mama was there in the sawdust, bowed her head before Jesus Christ and invited Him into her heart and into her life. And two, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And He said, we were going home that night and on the way home we stopped at the only store that was still open. He said, it was a grocery store and they had a, had a butcher counter in the back and Mom and I were shouting. He said, we didn't know what, but we were just shouting because of the great victory. And he said, we walked up and down those aisles and, and Mama picked up a can of tomatoes. And he said, and when Mama looked at that tomatoes, she began to shout because it reminded her of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, here's the old mom, my old gray-haired Mama and my old, my young self. He said, Mama and I running up and down those aisles, shouting and shouting and shouting. They, they'd never been exposed to something like that before. He said, we ran up to the butcher counter, and there was the butcher leaning over the counter, and his, his, his uh, uh, apron was all red from cutting meat and blood. And there again, Mama saw that red, and she starts shouting again in that old grocery store. And he said, and the old man looked over that store, uh, over that counter, and uh, the butcher, and he says, the tears were running down his cheeks. Uh, and he said, I know what you've got. He said, you've been down to that Holy Roller meeting, haven't you? He said, my wife's been down to that Holy Roller meeting every night, and I can't live with her sense. And the next night, Jack said, marching down that aisle was that old butcher, hallelujah, and stepped into that light. Oh! Oh! Hallelujah! When that light comes, and he manifests his, himself in various ways. But you and I, in our little time together, I really believe have stepped into that light. Hallelujah. May we never, ever quite be the same again. I know this is a lesson on history. And uh, talked about everything besides. But it all, if you notice it, 
is being weaved together. This is the light, remember that, that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And you, Jesus said, are the light of the world. You are a city that is set upon a hill. A light, hallelujah, a city that cannot be hid. And I read in the end of the book, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, that there's a city, hallelujah, whose builder and maker is God. It's the new Jerusalem. It's the holy city that comes down out of the presence of God. Hallelujah. And is a mighty, mighty fortress, as is our God, in the earth. And those who even fought against Him, those who opposed the saints of the Most High, kings and priests are beginning to come from afar off. And He said the gates of that city are not closed by day. The gates of that city are not closed by night. And even those who are enemies of the gospel that I bring, he said they begin to come and flow together unto that city. Kings from afar off came. And the prophets saw that day. And they said that kings and priests shall come to the brightness of thy arising. When the people of God arise in the power of the light of the Lamb of the living God, there will be such a drawing that even those who are enemies of His gospel will begin to bow their knee before Him and all flesh will be still and know that He is God. There's light in the city and that's City, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which new Jerusalem you are if you can receive it, hallelujah, whose builder and maker is God, the house, hallelujah, sits in the top of the mountain. And all of the earth, the prophet said, will begin to flow unto it, to the brightness to the brightness of His arising. 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 We are ascending. It is ascension time. Ascending out of the realm of the flesh into the realm of the Spirit where we are changed, we are transformed, and behold, all things are made new. Your sons and your daughters, the prophet said, shall come. They'll come from afar off. Are you concerned about them tonight? I am. I know you are too. There are many that are on your heart that really you'd like to see right here with us tonight or in this series of meetings who are in the far country. But you must be like the father of the prodigal son And that is the picture of our God who stands at the, goes to the edge of the gate and he leans on his staff and he is looking and looking and waiting and waiting for that which is lost to be found to come home unto the Father's house. 
This is a work of the Spirit of God. Let God do His work. Let God arise. Hey, and His enemies will all be scattered. I believe. I don't know how to say it any clearer. I believe in the ultimate victory of the victorious one who is Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord, and Redeemer. The purpose of the church is very closely interlinked with the plan and purpose of God. Brother Wager wrote in the little book called The Church about the plan of God. Page 13, he wrote, God's plan calls that one day the whole creation will be restored to find their one head in Christ. Just as it has been presented in the Scripture. And while all the teaching we have given is for the whole church, nevertheless we believe that God restores the church through dealing with various companies. And these truths apply to each one as they come up the ladder. That one that we were speaking of. One day we will see the whole called out company His body perfected. Then Israel. (laughs) Then eventually, the whole world. God is dealing with all believers and the world in preparation for restoring the whole creation. Brother Aldridge, in the little book, The Move of the Spirit, page 1 and 2, declares, That reign of Christ and His bride will continue till all enemies have been placed under His feet. And then will the kingdom be handed back to God the Father, that God may be all in all. Brother Hinchliffe, in Sons and Sonship, page 41, declares by the Holy Spirit, Praise God. Hallelujah. God's mind. Oh, first he says, this is the way God has purposed it. That it will all come to pass. And it will be through the ministry of each and every one of us. We have a responsibility in this. God's mind is the restoration of the whole creation to its original state that it had before the curse took place. He will bring this to pass, but He has chosen to do it through the ministry of every one of His sons. That's why we've been emphasizing, I believe God has been doing that, in these meetings, that not only does he have a plan and a purpose, but he has a way that he has set in which all of that which he purposes 
shall be accomplished. And that each and every one of us, together with those who have gone before us and who have laid the landmarks right up until this time, that they together with us will enter in to the fullness of that to which we have been called. Yes, the day of plain church is over. This is the day of the body of Christ coming into its own. Those who have gone before us and have fought the good fight and paid the price, such people as we've been talking about, we've only named a few, but I think of Thomas Cranmer this, this evening again, of how this morning we heard the account of how Bishop Cranmer, when he was faced with the fires of burning them, and they gave him the the document into his hand that he had signed renouncing his faith. That even then, God is never through with dealing with the man. No matter how far you have moved away from God and His calling and His purposes in your life, He is wooing you ever back unto Himself. Calling you to a higher level of repentance to a higher level of commitment um, to lay down those things that hold you down. And Thomas Cranmer was taken to the place of execution even though he had renounced his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the executioner said, you must die because you have led too many astray. And at the place of death, they placed into his hands as he was moved into the fire, the very document he had signed renouncing his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Thomas Cranmer, as he stood there before the fire, was again visited. As Jack Coe said, then that light come. Then that light come. And then that light come. And at the place of his own death, Jesus, reached out to him and embraced him. And his faith was renewed. You say, it was too late. It wasn't too late. It's never too late. And his faith was renewed. And he held the document in his hands. And he said, I am commending my spirit into the hands of Jesus Christ, the one whom I betrayed but loves me. And I love him. And he said, this hand that signed the document to denounce my Lord, it is with this hand that I throw this document into the flames. And as he was about to be burned, his hand broke loose from the bombs. And he held it right over the flames. And he said, this is the hand that betrayed my Lord. Let it burn first. And he died that day in England. And his name is spoken even by people like us. These many generations removed as he commended his spirit into the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many, many martyrs of the true church, of the real church. Throughout all of history. And many who did not go by the way of fire or water. 
but went by the way of their life, being lived in the power of the Spirit, so that all that was important to them anymore was, I delight to do thy will, O Lord. Isaiah said, your messengers, your preachers, he saw it by the Spirit, he said, your messengers are, your messengers are like flames of they are alive and burning as a mighty light all over the earth, raising up a standard in a dark and an evil age against the things that would hold us all back and down and proclaiming that Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Come. <laughs> Come unto me, he said, all of you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. May you have renewed purpose in your life. May your journey be one of joy, peace, (laughs) blessing. Joy unspeakable. Oh, yeah, you'll have a little fire along the way. Oh, you want fire? I want fire. Send the fire. God help me. I'll remember that till the day I die. <laughs> oh, you want fire? He looked at her. <laughs> but the fire I want <laughs> is the fire of His love. It is anointing and it's cleansing power because of the blood of the eternal covenant. Thank you for listening to an old man trying to be the voice at this moment of the Son of God. May you be the voice in the wilderness of Calgary Hallelujah. A voice crying in the wilderness of Lethbridge. God bless you. All of you. Wherever you're from. Go forth in your God rejoicing in victory over all the power of darkness. Victory. Hallelujah. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.